it, let's talk. Okay, so um, I guess we'll just go right into it. Yep. Welcome to the podcast, Talk About It. I'm your host, Perea, and this is the podcast where every episode I have on a different guest, one of my friends, and we just have an open conversation about our own experiences and a variety of issues in the hopes of erasing the stigma of mental health and therapy and... I kind of just want to promote talking about stuff if you're going through anything, whether it's depression or anxiety or, I don't know, the struggles of being a person of color or uh, someone who's queer or just basically anything so you don't keep it to yourself and bottle it up and, yeah, so you're not suffering alone. (laughs) And today I have a very special guest, my friend Esteban. Hey! Hi! The funny thing with this is that this is our third try. (laughs) I know. We made one attempt like... I don't know, like two months ago or something. We had all these technical difficulties, all these issues, and I had to have my boyfriend come in and try to fix it. And it took so long that by the time we were ready to go, Esteban actually had to go. Like he didn't have time to record anymore. So then we re-recorded like or rescheduled a couple weeks later or something. Did an entire episode. It was really good. It was funny. It was insightful. And then he sent me his audio, his half of the audio, and I listened to it. And I was like, oh, (laughs) This is unusable. (laughs) Like 80% of it was like, I don't know, crackly and like all this shit. So we're like, fuck, we have to do it again. But the good thing is that we always have fun. You know, we're always catching up and stuff. So, you know, it just feels like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a waste of time or anything. I wasn't like, oh, fuck, I have to talk to this guy again. But um... there's a reason I'm doing it for a third time. And I wouldn't be doing it if I weren't having fun. So (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I wouldn't ask you back. I'd be like, you know what? Twice was enough. Twice was enough. I don't know if we need to. I I don't think I got, you know, enough material here, so I'm just going to move on. Yeah, but like maybe it's for the best that I don't have you on the podcast. Maybe this is a sign. Maybe it's the podcast God's telling you not to record with me. Yeah, exactly. But no, that is not the case. I'm hoping this one actually works because I'm actually really excited to post this one. It's really, really interesting. (laughs) I don't know. Where do we we even begin? You and I met six years ago. It's already been six years? Oh my God. It's been six years because we knew yeah, that in like September, September of yeah. 2014. But what's funny is I consider you one of my closest friends, and yet we've only whoop, we've only seen each other once in person, well, like one time. Right, like one time, and it might have been like what, like three or four days. So we've only met each other yeah, in yeah, person. It wasn't days. like yeah. once in passing, which is insane. And I always forget that because it doesn't feel like that because we talk almost every day, especially during COVID. Yeah, during quarantine, we've been talking every day in our group chat. So we met in Hawaii in 2014, like a whole bunch of us. And then in 2017, we were all supposed to go back and super excited to have a reunion with everyone, see everyone again. Uh, I was really excited to see you. And then like a week before, which which hurricane? was it that hit florida that was irma hurricane irma so i yeah i lost a whole week of school so all of my midterms got delayed a whole week mm-hmm. which was the week that i was supposed to be in hawaii yeah so i i mean i guess that one was i guess i was waiting until the very last minute to like book my flight so i guess it was a good thing that i didn't book it yeah yeah because totally. of the hurricane the hurricane hit and then all of my midterms got delayed a week which was the week that i was supposed to be there so, so. then you couldn't come and obviously we were choked because we wanted to see you right and then last may of 2019 a bunch of us went to new orleans and you were supposed to come yeah and, and i canceled like the day of i remember because i got there a day before everyone and then at one point you messaged me and you're like can i call you and i was like "Ooh, what a fun treat like we never <laughs> talk on the phone like we <laughs> chat but we know i was like how exciting. I get a phone call from Esteban. And then we're just <laughs> chatting. And then eventually he's like, 
Because I was like, so when are you going to get here? And you're like, about that. Actually, why I'm calling is I don't think I can make it. I'm like, motherfucker, this guy just like makes plans for trips and then cancels. It's my thing, okay? <laughs> it's your thing. You're like, no one else steal it. My thing is I make plans and I don't go. Yeah. And then again, of course, we were going to go to Hawaii this May. And as everyone knows, but, COVID you know, happened. Everybody knows what happened. Yeah. And that time sucked because we actually did book our flights and our Airbnb yeah. and... Yeah. So that's- I think this one hurt the most because at least with the first two that I didn't get to go, I got to live everything through you guys. Yeah. Because you guys posted pictures. And even though there was a big, you know, FOMO effect. Yeah. Um, but at least with this one, it was kind of comforting because nobody else got to go. And I know at that sounds awful. we were awful. all in it together. It wasn't but, like just you. Right. But at the same time, you know, I was really looking forward to this one because, I you know. know, I think we had talked about it and, you know, if and when we decide to do another trip, we're not going to do Hawaii. And, you know, yeah. Hawaii was something that I really wanted to experience again. But, you know. I mean, I'm down to go again. So even if no one else wants to, you and I can go. <laughs> okay. Oh, done. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's actually funny because the second time... We went to Hawaii the time that Hurricane Irma hit and you couldn't come. We put your face on a little popsicle stick and we took you with us everywhere. So everywhere we went, we took pictures <laughs> as if you were there. And we even tagged you on the pictures on Instagram. <laughs> so it's like you were there. Was, it's the same. I know. I was getting tagged left and right on these Instagram posts. It was like, wait, did I actually make it? <laughs> did I go? I don't remember. How much did I drink? It was hilarious. Yeah. It was hilarious. <laughs> and then it's funny because one time Jake came down to Miami and he had like the same thing with all of yeah. your faces in. And then we took pictures because we were, he was just here for like a day or like a night yeah. or something. So we yeah. went out to have dinner and <laughs> he was saying, Jake is another one of our friends from Hawaii. Yeah. And then we took yeah. pictures with all of you again. It was, it was hilarious. And so now it's a, it's a, running gag in the group but yeah soon soon we'll meet again soon. we'll meet again eventually one day after all this is over with whenever that is hopefully and how are things going in florida covid wise um i haven't checked the numbers because honestly i was just like i just need to go about my life i mean nothing is going to change i still need to go to work and um, you're one of those think, people who actually had to keep working, right? Right. I haven't missed a single day of work and nobody at my office has missed a single day of work. Um, some of them have been working from home, but for the most part, I mean, I, I work in construction, so construction hasn't stopped. You know, it's very difficult to stop the construction job site just like that. So, yeah, I've been working. I'm just uh, hoping that it's going to start to come down a little bit now. So yeah, that's all I can wish for. Yeah, I know things are totally different here and there. And because I'm actually recording with a lot of friends like internationally, as you know, like Kelly from the Netherlands and you're in Florida and Kevin's in New Jersey and like all that stuff. I kind of was like, oh, then I can talk to everyone about what their experiences are like COVID wise, because COVID is also affecting people's like mental health, because, you know, some people are like, I'm sick of being stuck at home. Or maybe if they have more like health anxiety, they're someone who is really worried about getting sick or getting someone else sick. And just like the whole like fact that our lives have been like flips up to upside down and we can't like just do regular things. But then at the same time, I was thinking about it because I was editing one of the episodes and I'm like, I feel like everyone is COVIDed out. Yep. I don't know if they want to hear about it anymore. Like they probably already hear about it on the news and they talk about it with their friends and it's like everything is being affected. Maybe they want a fucking break from hearing about it. So but I do think that, I mean, that's a double-edged sword because I think that actually mm-hmm. brings more, you know, it, it's more hazardous because I feel like we're just 
so sick and tired of hearing about it yeah. that people are starting to loosen up a little bit and mm-hmm. then that is actually going to you know bring some repercussions in the sense that we're probably going to have another spike in yeah people in are cases because seriously. people are not taking exactly people are not taking the necessary precautions yeah fucking shit up for sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think nobody expected this to last this long and it's still not 100 percent over so yeah yeah i think at the beginning it was just like oh i mean great we need to just stay home and stuff but now it's just like it's been six months guys yeah exactly it's like so when can i resume my life yeah Um, because we're also getting to the point where we're having like no new content like everyone has seen everything that's on exactly (laughs) netflix or whatever else like can i have something new please (laughs) so (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. But it'll be interesting to see how things... Because the other aspect of it is, like, how it affects story. It's so weird to think about that. And, I mean, even are we going to include 2020 in our timelines for our movies and our shows and all of that? Because it's such an important, you know, life-changing event. I guess it depends on the, like the subject matter of whatever it is like i know what the show insecure which i love Issa rae's show um love it yeah it's so good (laughs) it's amazing and like season four came out in the middle of all this and they're supposed to start writing like season five but even in terms of content i had read something that Issa rae said it's obviously season five isn't gonna be like about covid but they also said like we can't ignore it because a big part of it is how it's especially affected like black and brown communities and so much of the show is about you know like black communities in la so like we can't ignore it because it's part of our lives right so we're just gonna have to wait and see but who knows when they're gonna film it exactly yeah so it might be a while before we get a season five which sucks because i need it i know I haven't seen season four, I think. Ooh, it's a good one. I just haven't had the time, but I want to. It's I love that show. I love her. I think she's hilarious. I think everybody there is. I I love Molly's character. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody's so good. Everybody's so good. Broken Pussy. I have Broken Pussy on my uh, phone (laughs) as one of my songs. So, yeah. (laughs) It's like you listen to Broken Pussy and then you listen to WAP right after. It it goes hand in hand. It's a great segue. (laughs) Yeah, a good lead in. (laughs) Exactly. So should we get into like the real like the like the topic that we picked? Oh, is that about? what we're doing? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> are we recording or are we just talking? I thought we were just hanging out. Yeah, let's get into it. I'm imagining like the listener who's like probably like thirty minutes into it and just like, what is this conversation about yeah, again? Yeah, <laughs> she said something about destigmatizing mental health and now they're saying something about broken pussy. I'm very pussy. confused. <laughs> we should uh you know I'm not trying to edit your episode, but towards the end, once we're about to be done, <laughs> you should fade into Broken Pussy. <laughs> yes. If I had, the, I don't know if I have the rights to that, but... Don't worry. I mean, you'll get a season and desist letter eventually. Don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. You just toss those away. Nobody cares about those. <laughs> you open the mail and you're so excited because you have a letter from Issa Rae telling you to please do not use Broken Pussy on your podcast. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys, Issa Rae, listen to my podcast. <laughs> More like her lawyers did. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I guess to be sort of on topic here, and we had this conversation last time, but I'm kind of excited to get into it all over again. The way I do every episode is I ask my guests like what topics they'd be interested in discussing, and Esteban sent me a whole list, and we kind of decided that this one would be the best thing to talk about, at least for the first time he's on, and it's experiences being a gay man, but also how that affects... Uh, I guess, your family life and how religion comes into play and your experiences with that. 100% accurate. I'm going to try to emulate um, 
Roche, because I listened to your first episode and I love how she always agreed by saying 100%, 100%. And I love it. I love it. Such a great episode. The things I hear the most when I'm editing is both for myself and the guests going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and totally, 100%. <laughs> yeah, so you just, that's how you have to respond to everything I say now. Um, but yeah, I, I actually was wondering, because I remember... Uh, I had a friend a few years back and we were hanging out one day and he was gay and we had actually gone to high school together. And one day I asked him, I'm like, when did you know? Right. And he actually was like, people always ask that. And it's like really annoying because I didn't have like a eureka moment where one day I was like, oh, I think I'm gay. <laughs> like he was like, I kind of always knew and it just became more and more clear as I grew up. And then, of course, there's that whole thing of, like, well, you don't ask a straight person, like, when you knew you were straight, right? Right. Uh, so it's a kind of a ridiculous question to ask. But, yeah, like, what was your experience like, especially because you grew up in Venezuela, right? Yeah. So what was that like? Well, I don't think it's that ridiculous of a question because I guess it's something that we always, since it's something that it's not, um, it's not something that we go through, uh, like, if I were a straight person, I wouldn't imagine thinking about my sexuality like that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's normal for other people to try to have that question since it's something that is foreign to them. So for me, I wouldn't say, I would say I have the, I had, I, I, <laughs> for me, I think I had a similar experience to it. Like I always knew there was something different about me. I just didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember growing up, I just, you know, suppress that. I didn't really let it come out until I did have a, some sort of a eureka moment. And that was when I changed schools. So up to the second grade, I was going to like this very small school. And it was almost, even though it was within the same city, and then I transferred to a different school, it was like going from a small town to the big city. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember being introduced to, you know, or being exposed, I guess, to a different type of people and mm -hmm. kids that were more City-like, if you will, even though we were living probably like 20 minutes away in the same city. Yeah, it must have been a culture shock, though, because suddenly it was like a lot more people, a lot more kids, and it yeah. was just like yeah, a small I, town where everyone knew everyone kind of thing. Yeah, I was in a small school. There was just like 28 kids in my class. I was even going, it was super odd because it's not that common, but I was going to school in the afternoons. Like, I remember going in at 1230 in the afternoon and leaving like at six or seven, something like that. Oh, weird. Yeah, they, it was like, they also had a morning shift, but I was part of like the afternoon shift. So then I moved into this new part of town and I go to this new school that is like four times as big in terms of how many kids are in my class. And it was just in the morning. So I remember that was a huge shock for me. I was just like, why am I waking up so early to go to school? Yeah. And um, everybody was just like way more advanced in terms of like being more aware of society and being mean. Like I, I don't remember being bullied or something like that at my previous school. Mm -hmm. Everybody was like, like very friendly, I guess. I'm pretty sure there were, you know, issues here and there, but not as intense or overt mm -hmm. as it was in this new school. So it was a shock, definitely. So I remember one time during recess, it might have been probably like the first or second month of me being in the school. Uh, we were playing tag or something like that. And somebody called me, I don't know what the word was, but you know, they alluded to the fact that I was gay. And I remember just like stopping at my tracks and I was just like, huh, 
interesting you're a bully but still huh interesting thank you for you know opening my eyes like that so i guess that was my eureka moment because that was the first time that i was able to you know put a label onto whatever it was that i was feeling and whatever i was going through and the funny thing is that i think for most gay people who are bullied in school and have this stigma mm-hmm. of being gay in high school and middle school and elementary school um it's a traumatizing experience because you need to repress all of this either you embrace it or you don't and you well, cuz you're also so, othered you're like oh crap now i know i'm different exactly mm-hmm. exactly so i i remember i i fought it even though now looking back on it i was just like there was no denying it mm-hmm. but i think i've gotten to the point in my life where i am not bothered by it mm-hmm. like i think there are two people that I that I remember could have been the ones who told me that I don't remember exactly who it was but I remember towards the end of high school I was friends with them and I was friendly with them and I follow one of them on Instagram and it's just like I don't hold any grudges like I let that go so I think that once you come to terms with the fact that you're gay the older you get yeah. the less you care about what people think and what they might have done to you It's hard to have that at that age too because it's just such a formative time and it's like we're all more sensitive and especially if you don't really have people that you can go to where you can actually talk about it freely like whether it's your parents or your friends so you couldn't really you didn't have like a support system so when people are like saying that to you in a derogatory way or bullying you you kind of are here being like okay i know deep down that it's true but i have to deny it because right. it's not i'm not supposed to be this way and i don't even have a support system that i could go to about it because you were in denial right so you had right you kind of had to be like no you're wrong and then inside you're like still feeling that way yeah i also think that it's a generational thing because now i follow most of my friends from high school on instagram and social media and stuff and i see that they've moved to like this big cities that are way more open and you know tolerant of diversity mm-hmm. so it's funny it's like huh where was that when i was in high school and you needed to be tolerant towards me yeah but i'm glad that they've come to a place where they can be tolerable and experience different you know cultures and different sexualities and different points of view in a in a way that it's tolerable yeah so i'm happy for them yeah because you're like i wish i could have had that but at least better late than ever right at least exactly there are some kids out there now who can have a better experience than i had or yeah and i've come out to some of them and they've had like you know non-reactive it's just like oh okay cool so what's that like it's not like it's not judgy so mm-hmm. that feels good that feels good so i'm i'm blessed that i think i had that point of view where i've been able to let go because it's not like they torture me or anything there was bullying involved but it was never to the point of you know like really really abusive trauma right yeah. so i don't know if that has something to do with the fact that I'm a little bit stronger mentally like that i don't consider myself mentally strong but you know i had that capability of like it already happened and it happened 20 yeah, years ago and I'm not going to let it I'm not going to let it dictate what my day-to-day life is now for something that happened 20 years ago and I had no control over. Yeah. It wasn't always like that, but you know, it takes time to come to terms with things. Totally. Yeah. It's actually funny cuz like I said we met in 2014 and then I think you told us was it just before we were supposed to see each other in 2017 you told us is that when it was? You sent out a tech, a group text message to us. Right. As if it was like this like news announcement. Yeah, it was like a press release. You know, it was so funny because at that time I was working as a translator and I was translating a bunch of press releases. Yeah. So I made it seem like this was like my publicist, you know, like writing a press release. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, the press release was me announcing that I was gay and I was getting married, and um, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and that's one of the reasons. Wait, was that one of the reasons why I also couldn't go to Hawaii or something? You were gonna come anyway because we were gonna go and we went in October, and didn't you get married in like August or something like that? I did. Yeah, I got married in August. So yeah, I guess it wasn't at all related, but yeah, I think it was a funny way to yeah announce it. How was your experiences coming out to other people in your life? Um. So the first person I think was my brother. He pretty much outed me because he had met my now husband a couple times and he was just like, um, listen, I'm going to ask you. Were you just dating at the time? Yeah. 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 So he asked me, listen, I'm just going to ask you something. It was actually pretty sweet. And I, it's something that I never expected from him. Um, So I'm just going to ask for like background. So you grew up in Venezuela and then did your brother come to Florida first? Yes. So we both, you know, were born and raised in Caracas, Venezuela, and you can just Google it, but the situation there is pretty bad and has gotten, you know, exponentially bad probably since like 1998, 2000, more or less because of communism and socialism and, you know, I don't want to say socialism, communism. Yeah. (laughs) And um, it got pretty bad. And, you know, there's really no opportunities there for, you know, people my age. And my brother, I think probably around 2010, 2009, maybe, Mm -hmm. uh, he moved to the States. And then I followed suit probably a couple years later. I moved to the U.S. in December of 2011. Uh, I came to school and now it's going to be almost 10 years since I've been here and I'm not coming back. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so my brother, he's really uh, my immediate family here. My parents are still back home. I do have a close, very close aunt, my mom's sister who lives here and she has been very supportive and I owe her a lot Mm. uh, because she really helped me get my, you know, foot yeah in, in the state so i i owe her yeah a when lot. you don't know anyone you like yeah. how do i begin getting a job making friends what do i right. do where do i yeah. begin my, it's nice having someone my there aunt to... is the very much is the very definition of family you know she will help you if you ask for help and she will not question anything she'll just say yes we'll figure it out and she did that with me and she's lived here for a while she i think she moved to the states probably around the same time that my brother did okay. probably give or take a year mm-hmm. but um yeah she she took me in her house i told her that i needed to move in and she helped me and i was there for probably six seven years living with her and you oh, know wow. with my cousins and my uncle so it was a very nice experience and like i said i, I owe her a lot and i live probably like literally 15 minutes away from her so oh, it's very nice. close we actually live on the same street just a few hundred avenues apart which is only take like a 10 minute drive to get to her place oh crazy that's really cool yeah so yeah my brother we never really had a close relationship when we were in venezuela i think it's because of the fact that we are six years apart so we were never going through life at the same time whenever he was a teenager i was still a kid then when i was a teenager he was a young adult Mm -hmm. you know it, it felt like a puzzle piece when he moved out and he came to the states and i think we both became adults and um that's truly when we started having a true brotherly relationship that we didn't have before. And then when I came here and I moved, I really had to rely on him for a lot. So I don't think we've ever had an argument or a disagreement since, you know, we both moved here. So we truly have grown as brothers, you know, oh, ever since so we, yeah, yeah. So I think at one point he even mentioned that he felt like he had finally gained a brother that he didn't have before. Well, that's what's hard when you have that, yeah, when you have that age difference. Right. Because two of my closest friends, um, Roshan being one of them, they also are eight years older than their 
younger sibling. And that is kind of hard. Same thing as you said, it's like you're always like a different in a different stage of life than the younger sibling. So it's hard. You're always kind of like their caretaker and then you get to an age where you want nothing to do with them because you're in high school so you don't want your kid brother or sister around. And then like it takes a while and it isn't until you're both adults that you can finally like have things in common a bit and have that connection. Because it gets to the point when you're in your 20s and your 30s that like six years doesn't really mean anything, right? It's like Exactly, exactly. So he was the first one who actually came to me and he asked me, listen, I have something to ask you and I don't want you to get upset or I want you to feel insulted or you know in any way and then he asked me are you gay and i was just like okay this is my chance either i say it or not and uh, at first i was just like what are you talking about i was like no i mean it's just a question so then he told me i want you to know that no matter what the answer is i'm going to be very supportive and i love you and all this and that so i just okay so this seems like my chance so yeah, you're like, I, I never it. knew how to do it, and he's, like, serving it to me yeah. on he, a platter. He felt very guilty, and it's something that I've encountered several times whenever I come out to people. It's just that they have a sense of guilt because they feel like they haven't been acting as supportive as their role in the relationship should be, whether it's, you know, your brother or your sister. Yeah, they're feeling guilty, and the responsibility right. is like, I should have made you feel comfortable sooner. Yeah, they're kind of making exactly. it like, I feel so bad that you've had to keep this to yourself all these years because obviously right. I didn't make you feel like you could tell me. Exactly. What they also need to understand is that there is a little bit of you know responsibility in that sense because if you are growing up in an environment where it's not the most supportive, you're not really going to feel comfortable mm-hmm. um, totally. coming out and being as honest as you want to be, but... I would say probably in my case, 80% of the factors are internal and come from my personality and when I'm ready to, you know, be open about this and, you know. Like, it's it's sweet that they have their feeling of, like, I wish I could have made you feel more comfortable sooner. But at the end of the day, you're like, I had my entire, like, I had years of struggles where, like, first you had your denial with yourself, right? Right. So you're like, I couldn't tell you when I wasn't even willing to accept it myself. So this isn't even really about you because I had to first... I had to first come up to me <laughs> right. and accept it before I could go to the next step, right? So, but it is it is sweet that they that they kind of feel like I wish I could have helped you sooner. Yeah, and, and some of my close group of friends, you know, I told them, and they were just like, "Big deal." I mean, I remember yeah. one of them. He is probably my closest friend. He told me, "Well, I mean, good for you because now this." Esteban from now on it's a better version of Esteban because now you're going to be true to yourself you're going to enjoy the things that you want to enjoy and you don't have to pretend anymore and I was just like yeah, that you can finally that. be you exactly you can be like your authentic self not a version of you that you have to hide or exactly. pretend you're someone else yeah. you can finally be like I'm me it also has some sort of like snowball effect because once you let that first person in and you let them know the second person is not as bad to tell them, mm-hmm. and the third person comes easily, and then the fourth person is just like, oh, yeah, like, you can say it the w- same way that you say, I'm hungry, or I need to shower. Oh, yeah, I'm gay. Well, because, you know, and then, like, with each person who you tell who's supportive and easygoing and not judgmental about it, you realize it's less and less scary, right? Because exactly. the very first person you tell, you're like, I have no idea how they're going to react. Right. And then each time gets easier, because you're like, oh, most people seem to be pretty chill, so, like, this isn't that big a deal anymore. So that's really nice. Yeah. And then, like, how did your... Did your brother have any reason, like, why he thought so or why he brought it up? Um, it's, um, well, he, he told me at one point that he just 
had come to terms with the fact that I was different, mm -hmm. different in the sense that, you know, because I never really like had a girlfriend or anything like that. So he just thought, oh, maybe I'm not interested in any of that. So once you start building that idea, I guess you start branching out and thinking, well, maybe he's gay. But then, you know, I haven't also seen him with guys like that. So mm -hmm. um, I think that for him, it was just a matter of being more accepting and coming to terms with the fact that, you know, other people are gay. And I have to give a lot of credit to my sister-in-law because, you know, she's American and she has been living here in Florida for quite a long time. She's from New York and she's used to that. Mm -hmm. She's that's used to people his, being that's gay. That's his wife. Yeah, that's his wife. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, she's used to people being gay and being okay about it. So I, I think that she had a lot to do with the fact of my brother, you know, accepting it. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's I really don't nice. think that my brother is 100% comfortable with the idea, but he's being supportive and he's being accepting and, you know, well, maybe not accepting, but, you know, he is supportive. It's definitely he nice having her in your it. corner too, though, and her being yeah. like, listen, yeah. it's totally fine <laughs> right you know a lot of gay people they're just like me and you it's totally normal like because then she probably helped him realize like wouldn't you rather have him be in your life right than not at all because exactly. you're like othering him or whatever yeah. so i remember him telling me so it's like okay listen now that 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 this is out on, on the open you need to tell her because she's gonna be very pissed if you know she finds out that you know <laughs> you told me and you didn't tell her like immediately so i told her that very same night and uh, she was very supportive her family has been very supportive um oh. her family loves me and i love them they're very supportive and they just want you know the best for me so it's it's, it's been great i'm gonna cry <laughs> don't we're recording wait till after <laughs> <laughs> cry after i demand tears when this is over yeah cry <laughs> after broken pussy <laughs> everyone has to watch the first episode of insecure not only so you can know what the hell broken pussy is but also just watch it why haven't you watched it yet what's wrong with you go watch it oh my it's so good it's, <laughs> it's so, good. so good maybe it's really bad maybe i can't remember the lyrics but i know i can remember the beat <laughs> broken pussy <laughs> Oh my god, it's hilarious. So, did you tell him shortly before you sent us your press release, or, or was um, it way before? I can't remember, because, I mean, I wish I had that press release, because of course it has the date, because every press release should have a date. Um, <laughs> but, um, I don't remember, I want to say, I mean, it all happened very fast. Mm -hmm. It all happened very mm -hmm. fast, so I think that I probably told my brother sometime around May of 2017, and then... By that summer, I was already getting married, and I had already told everybody else. Right. Yeah, it happened really fast. Um, so, because you said he saw you hanging out with your husband. So, were you, like, pretending he was just your friend, and then your brother was like, come on. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time that my brother met him, we were going to a concert. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a concert from an Irish artist, Damien Rice. I don't know if anybody knows about him. He's an Irish folk artist whom I loved. And... Um, he was coming to Florida and he only tours like once every 10 years. He only releases music like once every 20. Wow. And uh, I just love him and my brother likes him a lot. So he was coming to Miami. So we went to the concert and I was just like, hey, listen, I think this is a perfect opportunity for you to meet my family because, you know, it's a concert and it's just not that much of a socializing activity. So it's just basically you and Damien locking eyes on the stage, I wish. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, he got to meet him. And then the second time, I think we went to 
I remember we went to see Star Trek mm-hmm. at the movie theater, and then we went out to dinner. And then the next day, actually, I stopped by my brother because I was in the area. I stopped by his place, and then he told me, hey, listen, I want to ask you something. I was like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Ooh. And then that's where the whole conversation... Oh, that happened real quick. And at that point, were you guys already, like, engaged or just dating? No, not at all. Not at all. Okay. I mean, okay. that was never... Even in the cards, that was not mm. something that we had planned or anything. So we were just together. I mean, and then how was telling your parents? Did your brother tell you to tell them, or like what was your whole experience there? So I'll admit that I was probably telling my parents was the worst part of it because I felt like I shouldn't have done it. First of all, my timing was really bad. They had just gotten off a plane and I just needed to get it out. Because the thing is that once you make the decision that you need to tell somebody or you mm-hmm. need to tell somebody that you're gay, you need to come out, it's really hard to it's like keep it restrained. you up inside. Right. It's yeah. just like you just want to, you know, get it over with. So I waited probably like 12 hours after they had landed in Miami and I decided to tell them and they didn't take it very well. Well, they did not take it well at all. And I knew that that was going to be the reaction. I come from a very religious family. We are evangelical, which is, you know, most people know them as the born-again Christians or fanatic Christians. And um, they just knew that this wasn't right. So, or they felt like this wasn't right. So immediately they're, and they already knew, granted. I mean, they already, if this is something that they had already struggled with for the longest time because they told me and you know, they were just in big time denial. Mm -hmm. So they didn't take it very well. And uh, it has taken some time for us to, or for them to come to terms with it. And I don't think they'll ever be 100% accepting or approving. But, you know, I'm still their son and they still, you know, love me. And I've never put that into question. I always knew that it was something very difficult for them to understand and accept. It's hard when it's not only a religious thing, but it's a cultural thing. Right. From your point of view and obviously my point of view, I'm like, why can't you just accept it? Like, it's your son and he loves you and you love him and like, he's not any different. But then for some people, when it's like so ingrained in the culture and the way they were raised and like their religion and this and that, it's like... You can't just expect them overnight to just get it. Right. But, uh, yeah. And didn't you say that they, like, asked you a few questions when you first told them? Yeah. Especially my dad. Um, I, I mean, he never really asked me any questions. I guess he asked them through my mom. Because my mom, she has been more engaging and curious about my relationship and how it all works and you know who I'm with and all that kind of stuff my dad he he never touches the subject he's kind of like if I don't talk about it it's not there it's not really happening yeah I think he is suffering in silence in a way my mom she is suffering but she's still being curious Mm -hmm. about you know what it's all like and what I'm doing and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I remember my dad asked me, because that was around the time that I think Caitlyn Jenner came out mm-hmm. as transgender. Mm-hmm. And he asked, so does this mean that he's going to transition now? Of course, he didn't use the word transition. This is me embellishing. Yeah. Um, because I don't think he knows the word transitioning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I was just like, um, no, that's not really how it works. Those are uh, different things. <laughs> I mean, for some people, maybe, but that's still not the case because sexuality is not the same thing as sexual identity, but no. Yeah, um, gender identity and, then, and sexuality right. are two different things. Yeah, I couldn't explain that to them because no. that would have branched out into a 
thousand different questions now. So yeah. I just need to keep it basic to like a one or to like a yes or no question. Yeah. Um, and then my mom asking, I guess from the religious standpoint, she was asking me, so does this mean that a demon got into you at a very young age? Because she asked me, when did you knew? And I was just like, I always knew. So she was just like, how, what do you mean you always knew? I mean, there was, there was the been a point in your life where you thought you were normal and then something happened normal. and I was yes. just like it didn't happen like that it didn't happen like that it's just not something that you start thinking about one day oh maybe I'm gay no I mean you just yeah you just know at least in my case I don't know I can't speak for every gay person out there I'm pretty sure that they all have different experiences and maybe there was a point where they thought they were straight and then they started questioning things mm-hmm. but for me it was never the case I remember being you know like I think she asked me like don't you ever remember a point where you were attracted to girls and I was just like, um, yeah, you know, I saw girls at school and, you know, you can differentiate who's pretty or who's not that pretty or, you know, who's more in an objective up. way. That in an objective just... manner. Right. Yeah. But then, you know, I just remember not, you know, because also you don't think in terms of sexuality when you're that young yeah, when you're, when you're eight like you're not like right yeah you're not thinking exactly about so i guess it's now similar to my infatuation with certain actresses or certain singers or Brittany. you know something like that so I, I i equate that to that but it was never to the and i also never remember being eight or seven and being attracted to some of my guy friends at school mm-hmm. it, it never happened like that because again you're not thinking in sexual terms you just know that there's something different about you so, yeah, uh, I remember my mom asking, so does this mean that a demon got into you? And I was like, oh, great, now I'm possessed. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, no. And you're like, <laughs> I, mean, uh, I find that offensive, I mean, actually, but no. I mean, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I remember very much recently when I was watching, like, the uh, Democratic um, debate mm-hmm. for uh, the general election here, and I remember... Um, I can't remember his last name. I can't know. I don't know how to pronounce it. Like Buttigieg, 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 yeah. Right. So he was asked if he would choose to be gay or not, if he had the opportunity to choose or something like that. And I remember his answer got a little bit of heat in the media because he said that if there was a pill or something like that that he could take to make himself not gay, he would take it. And I have to say that I would do the exact same thing. It has nothing to do with the fact of not being comfortable with myself, mm. but there is a lot of suffering and, you know, internal struggles that you have to go with. And there is a lot of repercussions to, for example, coming out and feeling like you've totally. hurt your family or your friends or you've let them down or you've disappointed them or, you know, you feel like you've been lying to them for 20 something years because I came out when I was 27. So I felt like I had been lying to them for 27 years. So if I had the opportunity to not have to deal with something right right Mm -hmm. i i would definitely do it because it would remove all of that from the equation and i don't want to have children i've been very vocal about it but you know if i were to have children i wouldn't want them to be gay not because i wouldn't love them it's just that i want to avoid them going through a life of feeling like they have to conceal something that they are or be somebody that they're not. Or, or even the concept you know, of coming out. It's like until it becomes more recognized that exactly. not everyone is straight, coming yeah. out is always going to be a thing because people assume you're straight until you tell them otherwise. But 
it's like even that's a whole other like burden, like a psychological burden to put on people because they're like, okay, now I have to also have this conversation with people. Like, do I have to have it with every person I interact with? How does this work? So yeah, I totally get that. It's like, it's not you being like ashamed of yourself or not loving who you love or whatever, but it's like, yeah, if I could choose to not have to go through these extra steps, that would be awesome. (laughs) But it's not even really about you. It's like if society can like catch up, then you wouldn't have to worry about that, right? Like, if this exactly. wasn't an issue, then you'd be like, no, I have no problem with it. Exactly. I remember uh, very recently when I was uh, talking to my coworkers, who most of them also happen to be uh, Venezuelan, and, you know, it's nice because we share the same background. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was telling them about me being gay and all that, one of them brought up, um, there is this famous Venezuelan singer, um, her name is Kiara, and she has, um, I can't remember right now if one of her children is transgender. Mm-hmm. And when she first found out, she didn't know how to react and she didn't know what it really meant. So she said, she, and she shared all of this on social media. She went online and she started researching. And once she found out about like the suicide rates and homicide rates against, you know, violence just against, you know, transgender people, she was just like, okay, I really need to be as supportive as I can because I can't be the reason why my child decides to even consider suicide or anything like that. So I really need to be as supportive as I can because this is a struggle for most people and, you know, society doesn't really accept. Yeah, and it's like if my child is already going to be struggling with this stuff in their day-to-day at work or just like walking down the street or going to the mall or whatever, I have to at least be that support system at home so they can at least have something because I can't control what they unfortunately go through the rest of the time so I need to at least be there for them so you know and it is true what is like the average lifespan for someone who's trans is like 30 or 35 or something yeah based on suicide and also just violence and it's like let people live man like why are you (laughs) why are people getting involved like it doesn't affect you and I have to say that I'm fortunate enough that I do have a supportive group of friends and family and that I made the decision to come to the U.S. that it's a little bit more, well, not a little bit, way more open than Venezuela because I'm really starting to come to terms with the fact that I'm gay and I'm really starting to embrace it a little bit more. Yeah, a little bit. Maybe, maybe a bit. Just a little. <laughs> um, in the sense that, for example, now I can joke about it with my coworkers and yeah. I can actually, you know, say out loud that I am obsessed with Britney Spears, something that I couldn't say out loud when I was younger. But, you know, it's funny because it's something that you don't necessarily need to be saying all the time, but Mm -hmm. now that you're open and now that you're not feeling judged, it's just like, oh, it feels so good to say it. Well, it's in the same way that, like, a straight guy would talk about some, like, woman he finds attractive. Right. Right. Like, you can finally say that and not have to, like, preface it or feel weird because it's like, that's just who you are, you know? Like, and... It's, it must be a, feel like such a weight off your shoulders to just be you and not have to either pretend to like women when you don't or like if the topic comes up, just be quiet and hope that the topic changes on its right. own so you don't have to like, you know, you can just like say what you want to say and not have to worry about people like judging yeah. or whatever. And you live in Miami, right? So it should be pretty like open yeah. in terms of that stuff. Right. And, like, yeah. But it's funny because even in our group chat, like sometimes <laughs> I'm thinking, wait, was this too much? Because Oh, I don't think know, any of us have ever thought that. We are all about it. 
especially <laughs> recently that we you know we need i guess we need to tell the story about how fake. the whole term fake yeah. came to be and you know now everything in the conversation is about figs so the two words you, you know wanna... i don't know if anyone knows like sometimes there's those little apps that you can use they take the words that you use the most in a conversation or like whatever and then they create these little like maps of how often like yeah. which words are like a cloud like yeah a like cloud. a cloud yeah. and then like the word that's used most often is always like biggest and whatever the two words that are used the most in our group chat <laughs> that's like five like six or seven of us are fig the fruit fig yeah and britney those are the and two Brit- most yeah. common <laughs> words i mean i can't help but feel proud because i feel like i've coin both of those yeah you know into the group chat yeah it's like all um, you think i have to share credit with you because it was actually your story that i'm i'm guessing you're about to tell yeah that's how the whole thing got introduced and then i decided to like hmm how can i turn how can i you know in truest demon fashion i went like hmm how can i make this about myself and <laughs> okay i know <laughs> yeah so it was it's funny because this was like months ago now it's like at least two months ago maybe more and it is like it has become a whole like it's like a meme within our group at this point. Basically, a few months ago, Esteban posted a picture in our group chat of like a pizza he had either made or bought or something, and it was like balsamic. Uh, excuse and me, like, I made oh, it. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> My deepest apologies. You made. And I, re- I remember. <laughs> I remember posting the picture, and then probably the caption was like, "Yeah, she cooks." <laughs> <laughs> It looked really, really, really good. And it was like balsamic and fig or whatever. And I immediately was like, oh, I love figs so much. And then I explained, I'm like, oh, in Persian culture, figs are like really, really huge in our culture because there's like a lot of them in our country and it's like in our literature and in our art. And it's just, we make fig jam. We It's just like huge. Like that's, it's like figs and pomegranates and stuff like that are really, really big. Um, so much so that I was like, oh, I have to share a story with you guys. When I first started working in film and I was a PA when I was only like 21 years old, I had only been working in like for a few months. I was like super like shy and new to the game and we were filming and I think it was like the props guy or something. I forget who he was. And then I even mentioned, I was like, by the way, he was, he was gay. And yes, this becomes relevant later. I'm not just mentioning it just cause he was like talking to me. He was super friendly and he was like, hey, so where are you from originally? And then I was like, oh, I'm Persian. And he goes, you guys love figs. And I was like, yes, we do love figs. That is a weird thing that no one has ever said. How did you know that? And he's like, oh, it's just like, that's like a thing. People just know about Persians. Like Persians love figs. Like how I'm gay and I love to suck dick. And (laughs) And I had to try so hard not to burst out laughing. And we were like around the corner from where they were filming a scene. And it was my job to keep everyone quiet. But he kept talking to me. And he just says like, I love to suck dick. And I was like, trying so hard not to laugh. And then of course I tell this to our group chat and I'm like, I know this is a completely irrelevant story that no one asked for, but ever since that happened like seven years ago, I can never like the correlation between like figs and sucking dick. Like for me, they're just hand in hand because of that one experience. So then I was like, now you're welcome. You can also all think of like figs and sucking dick as like the same thing. Everyone thought it was funny. And then it became our new thing. And Esteban, as he said, like took it and ran with it. And it became like an adjective and a noun and a verb, like anytime. Everything. It's everything. So like fig for us means penis, but it also means sucking dick. But it also means if someone, if a man looks attractive, they're fig. So it's every, it's literally everything is fig. And weirdly, since we started saying it, we have seen figs everywhere 
like the actual. It has been thing. popping up left and right. It's yeah, amazing. Like everywhere we go now, we see like you know, fig scented candles and fig you know burgers lotion. with fig and yeah, fig and like jam. things that and like obviously yeah, like fig jam was always a thing, but it's becoming like more and more common. And you know how everyone talks about how like oh Zuckerberg is listening to your Facebook is listening to you, so if you talk about something, right. they'll find an ad for it. But ours is so specific that we're like. How is it happening in our everyday lives? Because it's not just that we're getting like ads for like a restaurant called Fig, which has right. happened, but it'll be like, we'll be grocery shopping and suddenly we'll see like the new scent for a body lotion is Fig. And we're like, what the fuck? Right. Where, it's... where did this come from? And then every time one of us sees it, we take a picture and send it to the group chat because we're like, Fig is everywhere. Fig is everything. It, I mean, it's true because we were, at least for me, it has happened in the weirdest places. Like there's no way that facebook or my mm -hmm. phone was listening to me and they decided to send me an ad because yeah. for example i was watching uh selling sunset on netflix not sponsored but you should watch it and they used to go to this restaurant called fig and i was just like wait what that this can be <laughs> and one of the most recent ones uh, my co-worker she suggested that i watched um a movie on amazon prime called little italy mm -hmm. and i was watching it and the main character she is a chef and the counterpart the guy he was making a pizza and then she goes like oh i know how i can make it better and then she literally grabs figs cut them in half sliced <laughs> them and placed it on the pizza and i was just like it's too bad that it's like 2 a.m because i was already like falling asleep but i would have paused and grabbed my phone took a picture and sent it. it to you guys yeah it's funny because now we have like memes mainly the one that i love the most which is actually is, so the first time we recorded like the first proper time we recorded right. how like i'm over a month ago or whatever i brought it up yeah. told me that he was like when i hear when any one of us says the word fig it's like the rest of us just like pipe up or like get all excited and then he said that it reminded him of yeah. this right so i think it was the first season that katie perry became a judge in american idol there was this guy who auditioned and you know he was clearly gay and that he just uttered the word wig to Katy Perry and I think the other two judges are like Lionel Richie and like Luke Bryan who have nothing you know to do with like gay community or anything at all yeah so she goes like wait did you just say wig I was just about to say fake yeah that I way. can did see you, you almost fake? said fake she goes like <laughs> she goes but she like you know props up and she's like super excited and you yeah can like her, her eyes face, like she goes, they, her face lights up, up and her eyes get like so big and it's like she just goes <gasps> Did you just say wig? Yeah. Like, it's like the best moment of her life. Yeah. And the guy goes like, yeah, wig. And then she goes like, yeah, I feel it too. And then the other two guys are like, wait, what does that mean, wig? And then she goes like, uh, 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 no, this is not for you guys. This is not for you. This is just between us. <laughs> so now we have that meme with Katy Perry's face. But instead of saying wig, it says fig. Yeah. And we use it for everything. And now we have it in like different languages because our friend um, Kelly, who's in the Netherlands, she found like this mustard. It was like a mustard fig jam, something crazy. But it but, said fig you know. in Dutch. So then we used, we made a variation of fig, which is with, who is it? The actress who's an X-Men. Oh, uh, that is uh, Fan. I don't know how to pronounce her name. I think it's Famke Jensen. Yeah. Famke? Famke? She's, but she's, she's a good, she's a good, she's Jean Grey from the first X-Men trilogy. Yeah. 
and uh, because she is Dutch, so we have it now with I think it's like Vish or something like that. Yeah, we can't pronounce in, it, or, but it's it's. I think it's V I G J something like that. Something like that. So that's like Fig and Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's like, none of this will do it justice. Anyone listening is like, I couldn't be more bored. What are they talking about? But it's just such a funny visual. You know what we need to do. It's like Katy Perry's face. And she's just like, fig. Once this episode airs, we need to share it in, you know, your social uh, account. Because we need to spread fig all around. We need to spread fig. And I feel like when I do post this episode, I'm going to like post it on the Instagram account. And then like in the slide, you know, you can post like a bunch of pictures in one. I'm going to have the memes so you can like swipe through and see all the different memes we made. Yeah. And then we have these friends of ours. We mentioned Jake um, earlier and Paul. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Yeah. And they have a <laughs> podcast. Uh, Paul has another podcast and he had, how did he, how did he word it? He like asked people on his Facebook. What did he say? He was asking for people on social media to like give, I guess like topics of conversation for him and Jake to talk about. And mm-hmm. one of them was just like, what are some like, preconceived ideas or that people had about them or something like that and or one of them was so it was like a two-part question one of them was just like for the audience i guess to suggest words so they can look them up in their conversations and see how it came to be Mm -hmm. and then i suggested fig kevin suggested fig yeah with no context whatsoever just you just posted the word fig everyone else said things that were like yeah, that makes sense. And then yeah. you guys yeah. individually both just went... Big. <laughs> With no context whatsoever. And then the other question was just like, what are some preconceived ideas or something about them? And then Kevin wrote, I bet you've never eaten figs before. And then I Which just works said, on many levels. Fig. Yeah. <laughs> and I just said fig because, I mean, fig, it, it just, I mean... There's no explanation needed. So you just need to say fake and that's it. Yeah. So I listened to the episode this past week and they were so completely lost. They had no idea what we were talking about. They didn't They like know looked we it up on Urban Dictionary. They were like, <laughs> are they talking about fig Newtons? Like, what does this mean? And they were so off, but it was hilarious because I was just like, just wait for my episode to come up and then you will know. All will make sense in due time. I think it's funny because Paul was asking Jake, like, listen, I think you're more in touch with like younger generation so this is might be some slang that you know about so i'm gonna ask you to explain it to me and then jake goes like yeah i have no idea what they're talking about <laughs> <laughs> and like they would have never guessed because it's based on a personal experience that i had <laughs> so there's but no way you could guess yeah, like, there, like i said there's no context whatsoever and we're just here you know living in our perfect group chat world thinking that everybody's supposed to know what fig means and nobody truly knows because nobody has listened to our conversation. But soon people will know. Yeah. Once you listen to this, you will know fig and you can yeah. help spread spread well, awareness. Of one fig. of my favorite um, memes also is the one that we did with um, Fergie. Yeah. Because then we came up with figalicious. <laughs> so now it's just Fergie and instead of figalicious, it's just figalicious. Oh my god, we have such fun in that group chat. We do. You guys are really missing out. You guys, you guys, all of you, whoever's listening, do you want to come on to our group chat of already seven people from various time zones? You do not. <laughs> if, yeah, if you want to come into our group chat, just send us the emoji. Oh, wait, by the way, we don't have an official fig emoji. Yeah, Apple and whatever else is severely lacking in the fig emoji department. There's nothing that looks like a fig. So, um... Make your suggestions. It's a hate crime, really. It really is a hate crime. I honestly feel like it's homophobic and just generally (laughs) um, intolerant. 
of big life. But I think that... <laughs> and Persian culture. Persian culture, yeah. it's It goes against Persian culture. It goes against the LGBTQ community. It goes against really delicious fruits. Like, even if... we're so stupid talking about it. <laughs> Aside from everything else, if you just haven't had a fig or, like, eaten fig jam in your life, like, you are missing out and you need to go do that immediately after this. And also the other fig. <laughs> yeah, the other fig, too. <laughs> Try all figs. Yeah. But, yeah, if... After you guys are done, actually, that would be really good. Everyone, it, once you listen to this, if you follow the Talk About It podcast Instagram account, under the post where I go to like promote this episode, just comment what emoji you think would be good to use. That would be great. Emoji. Yeah, like a fig substitute. Yeah, we need to have like a poll or something yeah. and just uh, come up the with a new fig thing? emoji. Because we can't use eggplant because it's already so overused for that. We need to like assign the meaning of fig to another emoji that isn't used that often. Right. You know? Exactly. We need yeah. to come up with a fig oji. A fig oji. We need to come up with a fig oji. <laughs> So this episode yeah. is just about figs. People are like, I thought you were going to talk about mental health. You spent seven <laughs> hours talking about some fruit I never had before in my life. Yeah, which I think it's, you know, it's really speaking volumes about the state of our mental health. <laughs> because we're just yeah, talking exactly. About figs. Like, oh my God. I really do hope that, you know, listeners get it because it's hilarious and everybody needs to jump on the fig wagon. Yeah. I hope you find this funny because if you don't find this funny, it really does speak to our mental health. It's going to hurt. Like, it's going to This hurt. is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. I mean, I think we need to share the, the memes as well so people get the gist of it. Yeah, I will post the memes that we made. And if you have any ideas for new memes, please do share them with us. Yes, please. All fig-related content is welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's very much like fig jam. It's supposed to be spread out. Yes, exactly. I feel like at the beginning of this episode, I should just be like, go grab yourself some toast, spread some fig jam on it, and press play. I mean, it pairs well with everything else. It really though. does. You might as well do it. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Bring that fig into your life. and Fig it up. Fig it up. <laughs> I think I might just Take call this life. episode fig. Nothing else. Like, super simple, just yeah, fig. fig. Fig with the stay on. <laughs> we talked about some like, really serious stuff of like... <laughs> your coming out story and how it was like really difficult with your parents and how they're still not 100% accepting but you kind of have to like move forward and then we spent all this time being like fig 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 it up spread that fig right I, I think it's a great way to summarize the experience yeah you, know, you just gotta love fig and that's the other thing too is it does come back to like you've gotten to a point where you're comfortable enough with your sexuality and your identity and just like right. being authentic with yourself that you can just post pictures of shirtless men in our group chat and be like big <laughs> yeah i think i mean that's one of the things that i love about our group chat is that you guys have been very very supportive um and i feel like i just can you know come up with different ways to express my true self mm -hmm. whether it's you know talking about fig or you know just using like a britney spears reference that nobody gets and, um, you know, it's, it's, I have to say that I truly, truly treasure our group chat. It's Aww. super hilarious. And I, I'm super sad that we didn't get to meet this year. I know. But, uh, you know, next I year. I feel like in a different way, obviously, I mean, it's so sad we didn't get to hang out in person and reunite, of course. Right. But I feel like our friendship has been strengthened over the course of COVID. Because basically what happened is in the couple months leading up to coronavirus we had made a group chat on instagram with all of us so that we could mostly just coordinate the details of like okay when are we going what are the flight details 
some people are coming from Florida, some people are coming from Vancouver, whatever, um, try to pick an Airbnb. It was mostly meant for like planning purposes, of course, with like jokes and stuff along the way. And then when our plans got canceled, you could say that we could have just deleted the group chat because right. the whole point of it was to consolidate all the information so that we could all, you know, know what was going on. And then so when the trip was canceled, we could have just been like, okay, bye group chat. But instead, we just kept going with it. And we we go on it literally every day. Right. Like, I don't think there's been a day since all this happened that we've that we haven't gone on. And then it's always bumping because of all the different time zones. Yeah. So it's like, there's never a time when there isn't at least someone on it, like sharing something it's always new. active. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just like, I guess a fun way to keep in touch with your friends and keeping, yeah, some sort of like sanity uh, amidst all this and kind of staying in touch and keeping close. And I honestly think getting closer, even though we didn't get to see each other in person. And it's just making us that much more excited for when this all is over and we actually can uh, organize something. I know everyone else was kind of like, uh, since we're not going to Hawaii, can we make the next thing not be in Hawaii? Right. But like I said at the beginning, if you want to go, I will go with you because I love Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> and there were specifically some foods from Hawaii that I want to have again that I was so looking forward oh, to. So I know. Yeah. It'll just be, you know, you and me and a basket full of sticks and then we'll, you know, I don't even we'll think live like, it out. They're like native to Hawaii in any way. We pay like all exactly. these like extra export fees to like bring them over. It's funny because I don't think you can like, you know, import like agricultural products if you're just like a freaking tourist into Hawaii because I think no. they have like all these regulations and stuff. Yeah. So we're just going to be like at customs declaring, you know, a bag of figs. Is there, oh, I need these. You know, these are like my emotional support figs that I need. Believe to me, it's a whole thing. Listen to this episode <laughs> and you'll understand. And then while you're at it, please suggest a figoji for us. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. But yeah, I cannot wait for a reunion wherever it may be. We have such fun. We do. We have talked about um, Mexico, which sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. Also a lot of great food. Right. All I think about is food, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? But yeah, I mean, let's see what the future holds and hopefully we can start planning again soon. Yeah, I can't wait. This was so much fun. I'm so happy we actually got to get together again. Um, hopefully third time's a charm. The other thing too is like, I am so down for like re-recording and doing this again and recording with you. But right. like we have a whole, because you sent a whole list of topics that you wanted to cover and they were all really, really interesting. And we decided that this would be a good first one to get to know you. Right. Um, and like, you know, your life and your, your identity and everything. But it's funny because like now I've had you on three times just to get one topic out of the way. <laughs> it's like, I want to have you on again so we can talk about other things. <laughs> It's the topic that keeps on giving, but yeah, I, yeah, I'd be excited to talk about other topics and issues and, you know, it's definitely a necessary outlet, you know, you need to talk to, I mean, for several reasons, one of them, I guess, hopefully this will reach somebody who is struggling uh, with sexuality or, or something like that, and they can come to terms with it and, you know, they can really, you know, find a way to cope, I guess, yeah. because... Um, not necessarily to push you, let's say, for example, to come out or mm -hmm. just maybe just to, you know, relate to somebody else who has gone through a similar experience as yours. So, you know, you're not alone out there and it's not easy. But Like not that you're pressuring people to come out if they haven't yet, but because everyone has a different situation. You can't say like, why are people still having issues? Like, obviously, we're exactly because like there are certain countries and states and cities and cultures and maybe just like your town or your family where like it might not be that easy for you. And that is like, I totally have empathy for that so maybe if someone's listening to this they can be like okay but maybe i have someone in my life i can at least 
please tell. Like, like how you told your brother first and it kind of went from there. Like, right. even if you're not comfortable telling everyone yet, because everyone has their own, you know, your own comfort. Like, you have to come out if and when you want to. Yeah. Um. Hopefully they can, like, find someone that they feel like they can speak to. And because at the end of the day, as you said, like, even though when you came out to your parents, it wasn't ideal. They're still not really supportive and you said they haven't met your husband i think you told me no they haven't no so like obviously that's not ideal that's not your preferred scenario but it's better to have said it and get it off your chest than be kind of like living that like secret or that lie right like you feel like more yourself now yeah you also have to understand that you know once you come to the decision that you're going to be true to yourself things are going to change, uh, whether it's for the better or for worse, uh, they are going to change. And, you know, you just need to be open to the idea that your life is going to change and the way that you relate to other people around you is going to change. And I mean, for example, I am not the person that you guys see in this group chat that, for mm-hmm. example, we have, you know, and I'm very, you know, open about it and I make jokes about it and I accept jokes from others about it. You know, it's not necessarily the person that I am at work or that I am with my, you know, the other members of my family. And um, it's not that you're being fake. It's like you use like like toned down versions right. of yourself or different versions of yourself for different yeah. environments and different yeah. groups, right? Yeah. yeah. The way that I, I think about it, especially for my family, is just that, yes, um, this is my life. This is the way that I want to live it. But at the same time, I don't want... Just like I don't want their lifestyle to have an impact on my life, I can also expect to have my life be impactful on their lifestyle. So I also need to be respectful of that. So, for example, my mom, she has asked me that she doesn't want my grandmother to know. And it's like, okay, that's fine. Because that's something that she doesn't want to deal with. So I I need to respect that. And It's like you're respecting her boundaries as well, right? Right, Even though you're like, I would love for everyone in my family to just be open and accepting and we can move on. You can't control everyone else's reactions. Exactly. I can look at it as, well, you know, this is me. Take it or leave it. Um, Even though that is pretty much my attitude and I don't really care if my you know grandmother knows or stuff like that but it, this is still people that you care about yeah. and you know these may be news that have a not so great of an impact in their lives so you also don't want to be responsible for causing harm or anything yeah. like that even though even though you're not doing anything that is wrong you're not doing anything that is purposely trying to hurt somebody else you know all of our actions still have consequences so mm. yeah it's you just play it by ear and you can control like okay i will tell this person but i won't tell that person and it, it, you you know only yourself you know your own like right yeah your discretion but you know whatever. that being said i do hope that everybody who's struggling with coming out or you know their sexuality i do hope that they at least have somebody that they can talk to and who are not going to judge them and they can just listen and offer you know their support because it's truly valuable to have yeah so i am grateful to the other thing too even though i'm not i'm not gay i do struggle with um when i want to tell someone something whether it's some sort of confrontation or like or revealing something important about myself whether it's an experience or just whatever i do have a lot of like i think like what are they gonna think what are they gonna say and then like i play like the seven or eight different scenarios of how they could react and most of them are usually negative because then I'm like, if they say this, then I'll say this. And if they say this, and then like I overthink it and it scares me away from sharing something and something that I'm trying to work on, which even though for me it isn't about coming out, but it's relevant in that at the end of the day, you have no control over how other people react. Right. You can only speak your truth and what 
yeah, is what true to you and what's authentic to yourself and what will help you. And you can't focus too much on how they'll react or what they'll say because you can't do anything about that. That's, you know, so like you just have to say your part and then what comes next. You have to accept that, yeah, maybe it's not going to be what you want to hear. And though that sucks and I hope that's not the case, that's not your fault and that's not your responsibility. You just have to do your part and then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the way I also think about it is that. I remember watching this show called Rectify. I don't know if you ever saw it, but it was about this guy who had been uh, wrongly accused of a murder that he did not commit, and he spent God knows how much time in prison until DNA evidence proved that he hadn't done it. So while he was in prison, he was raped. Mm. And towards the end of the season, I mean, you always thought that there was something off about him, but you never knew about it. So I think you only knew, or the audience only knew about the fact that he had been raped in prison towards the final season so he starts going to a support group and the way that they approach it or the way that he approached it was just like the more i talk about it the less power it has over me Mm -hmm. so he just found somebody that he could be open about it and you know talk about it in a way that he was not going to feel judged so the more he talked about it he was more comfortable being himself and accepting the fact that this happened to him and um you know, it just lost power. So I think it's the same thing. I I try to talk to my mom about it, you know, more often. So it has less power over her. And uh, I try to be more open and upfront to people around me about the fact that I'm gay because it has less power now than it had, you know, three years ago or five years ago or 10 years ago. It's totally true. And it works with anything because it is, yeah. I have that with a lot of experiences I've had, whether they're traumatic experiences or when you keep it to yourself and you don't tell anyone, you start to have this deep shame around whatever that is. And because it's just you and you're the only one who knows about it, you obsess about it and you feel shame and it just becomes a secret that you have in your own brain and it becomes really toxic. And I've had that where the moment I tell someone, even if it's just one person and like speaking it out into the world and saying those words out loud... I had a pretty traumatic experience a couple years ago that I didn't tell anyone about for a while and I won't get into it in this episode. Um, But like, because I had never said it out loud, I was kind of in denial about what had happened. And it wasn't until I told someone that I was like, oh my God, as I was saying the words, I realized how messed up it was. And it was good that I had told someone because it was like seeking kind of support and um, not feeling alone anymore. And it really does help to just not have it like, festering in your brain where only you know about something so I really highly recommend and I say this every episode and I'm not going to stop because it's the whole point even if you can't afford a therapist or you're not ready for that please 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 find someone in your life that you feel comfortable talking to about stuff that's going on a loved one talk about it yeah you need to talk about it um (laughs) find someone who you think you can trust and who won't judge you and talk to them if you're feeling anxiety or depressed or you need to come out or if you had a traumatic experience just like don't keep it in it really it really fucks you up so yeah um yeah for sure especially because you know we just i guess it's something that we as human beings tend to do is that we give power to a lot of things that are you know outside of our control Mm -hmm. and um you know, it tends to, we think that it just hinders one aspect of our lives, but it actually percolates into other aspects of our lives. So once you, I think the first step is just talking about it. And once you let it out, it actually, the power of it, it yep. diminishes by at least half. And then 
that impact that it has in other aspects of your life, whether it's your work life, your friendship, you know, life, your family life, your personal life. It just takes, you know, it's definitely a huge, huge boost of confidence because A, you realize that other people are going through something similar. Yep. And B, it's not something that means the end of the world. You know, it's just something that you have to deal with and that's it. And even since the very first episode that I put out, uh, if you've listened to it, is about body issues. And I talked to my friend Rojan about our uh, mutual shared experience with body issues. And though I still struggle with it, I probably... Hopefully not, but probably will my whole life to some degree. Ever since even just recording with her and then listening to it over and over again as I had to edit and then posting it and having people reach out to me and message me being like, I had no idea you were going through that. It was really relatable. I had a similar experience, but maybe mine was a little bit more like this or mine was a little bit more like this or I had like, I had never even, I didn't even realize I had it until I heard you talking about it or whatever. Just like a lot of people saying that. It was really healing for me, just all those steps of talking about it and editing it and then posting it. And though I still struggle with it, obviously, I am like, I can't even tell you, like leaps and bounds ahead in terms of that from when I was before I recorded that episode, just in the way that I feel. So it really does, it's insane how much it can help just by like putting it out into the world. And of course, to your own like, level of comfort like you can still have your own private things and whatever but it's you don't have to have a podcast where you talk about your deepest darkest secrets but like at least like talk to someone about it yeah yeah i remember when i came out it was probably like the first few days after that i was feeling very very down because i knew that my parents you know they were hurting and you know my dad couldn't even look at me in the eye and stuff like that but i remember feeling so relief that that part was over because that is probably like the worst thing that you have to do and um, I was just like ah I'm done with it I don't have to go through it again it's almost just like you know you have a big final test and oh you took it that's fine you you're done with it yeah at least once once it's out you can't think about it anymore because it's done exactly you can't now stress about like how do I say it do I do it don't I you're like you did it so now there's no looking back you can only move forward but yeah, this is really interesting. I'm I'm really hoping that this helps some people out there and they can relate. And I know that in the future, uh, it's actually funny because both you and Kevin had actually told me that you have your own body issues. Uh, so coming up, we are going to have an episode with the three of us so we can kind of discuss how body issues um, and body dysmorphia and all that stuff also affects men because I feel like we always talk about only how women are affected by it, right. but men are too. And it's also interesting because you can have like a gay man's perspective and a straight man's perspective and how those are different. Ooh, all the layers there. Yeah, oh. look at that. <laughs> She's a producer. That could be like an, yeah, <laughs> I know. Look about creating content. It's like an onion episode. We have all these layers. <laughs> and then, of course, also, I thought really a fun thing we could do at the end of that one, little teaser, is something that, again, in our little group chat that we've discovered about, every once in a while we do this thing where we just do um, the... What the fuck is it called? Um, uh, this or that? No, not uh, this or that. But no, what is it when you call when it's a deal breaker? We talk about deal oh, breakers. Oh, yeah, and we'll we'll talk about like, oh, what's your deal breaker? Um, and the joke is that Esteban has zero deal breakers. He will let anything go. <laughs> he he's just like not a deal breaker, not a deal breaker. We'll talk about like the most intense things, like nah, you know, like. Mm, he could still get also it. Also known as having no standards. Having zero standards. <laughs> and then Kevin is the opposite, where 
everything. Like he is so like picky and has these high standards to the point that on one of our Zoom chats a couple months ago, he revealed to us that he had a literal notes list on his phone <laughs> with deal breakers that over the course of like just his day-to-day -day life, things will come up in conversation. He'll be like, oh, that's a deal breaker. Let me add that to the list. <laughs> and then so we would like go around and we would just randomly say a number and then he would tell us what the deal breaker was. <laughs> like according to that number on the list. And then we went around saying whether or not it was a deal breaker for us. And no matter what, Esteban was always like, no, not a deal breaker. It's fine. <laughs> um, so I thought that <laughs> the, the two of you here, we have to talk about. You know, I just like to think that I see the world as, or the glass is half full, you yeah. know, instead of... <laughs> glass is half full, but also you're like, I see no red flags. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nothing is a red flag to you. because like, it's fine. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be really funny because then we can, I'll see if there's ever like an overlap between the two of you. Cause I don't think we found a single one really. <laughs> I mean, I joke around because the idea of a deal breaker, it seems very abstract to me. Yeah. I mean, there's the I'm obvious sure ones, that, like right. any kind of like, if they're racist, if they're homophobic, if they're like an right. asshole, like duh, like, you know, those are different. Right. Like, exactly. they're, not, like they're not even worth saying. Like it's a deal breaker, but let me see your fig and then I'll be out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just for science. We just have to see it and then we'll decide. Exactly. Um, but yeah, this was super fun. And then I've, I don't know if when we recorded, I had told you uh, what the end thing will be. And it's just basically I have every guest say, don't be afraid to talk about it, which we just went on a whole spiel about the importance <laughs> of that. So <laughs> I think so. I think um, I think I had asked you because you told me that you didn't have a, what was it, like a tagline? or Yeah, I didn't school, have one so yet. I asked you yeah. about it. And then, I, and then I was like, oh, here's the most obvious one of all. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the best that I could come up with. Yeah. Sorry. If you, along with your uh, Figoji um, uh, suggestions, <laughs> you can also suggest a better tagline if you're not satisfied with mine. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so you're ready for it? I am ready. Okay. Wait, what was it? I know it's pretty obvious, like both times. But is there anything before, like, don't be afraid to talk about it? Yeah, just like say who you are, even though they already know, so you don't actually have to, and just be like, don't be afraid Wait, to talk about they, it. Wait, do they? Do they know who I am? Oh my god! So oh my god! I feel like you should say your name and then also say your um uh your pen name because you're gonna start writing some gay erotica soon. <laughs> Wait, did I say that I had it? I don't have it yet. You don't have a pen name I don't have yet. the pen. So also suggest pen your pen name. names. We need to... <laughs> suggest what? the fig emojis. Yeah. Suggest the new tagline if you're not satisfied with mine. God. And Basically suggest rule my life. Names. Basically yeah. tell me how to live my life. Tell me how to do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to start writing like uh, gay erotica. Thank you to Rocky Flintstone for inspiring yes. me. Yes, um, shout out to my dad wrote a poem. And I need a pen name. Yeah. I already have like a whole trilogy plan and everything. It's gonna I mean there's a huge Big. twist at the end of book one. So oh. <laughs> you know, the book the book that I haven't even started talking about or I haven't even started writing. You should have some sort of fig in your pen name. It has to happen. In the same way that in if any of you listen to my dad wrote a porno, you should, if you haven't already. In the same way that they use pomegranates, you should use figs. Right. Yeah. As imagery. Yeah, yeah. And then if you read the first letter of each chapter, it's going to write out fig. fig. You know, it's just going to be fig after fig after fig. So exactly. chapters are going to be multiples of three because there's three letters in fig. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, 
I'm probably never even gonna get around to writing it, but you know, I already have an idea. And if not, you know, I'll have a ghostwriter, you know, write it for me. Don't worry yeah. about it. Get it's a pen no name baby. first, and then focus on the writing. That's usually how that works. I need right? to come up with a pen name. Yeah, <laughs> it has to be both sexual, figalicious, and gay. So, yeah, you know, that's the combo right there, mm-hmm. and still believable. It has to be like a name that you think, oh, yeah, sure. But then not sound like your name. Exactly. Exactly. You're we're hiding that you wrote it, even though we're also talking about the fact that you're writing one. <laughs> yeah, and then. I'll give you the rights to start your own podcast about my friend wrote a porno (laughs) where you make fun of how ridiculous it is. Oh my God, I love it. Oh, it's oh so God. funny. We're so going to get a cease and after this. Everyone, insecure, <laughs> my dad wrote a porno, everyone's going to be like, can you not mention my shit on your podcast? Oh my God. <laughs> I forgot that we were going to fade into broken pussy. I don't know if we're going to do that. <laughs> You're like, I forgot that we're definitely going to fade into it. No questions asked. Not up for debate. <laughs> I mean, it just seems fitting. Well, not really, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> a bit. Yeah. It has to be. I just yeah. love that song so much. It's so yeah, funny. Yeah, me too. Everyone Instead is, of me doing you it, be watching Insecure. when you're done listening to this, just go YouTube Broken Pussy Insecure and listen to it. So that way you can get yeah. the whole experience without me getting in trouble. Yeah. You need to YouTube Broken Pussy and you need to... If you haven't already seen that clip, you need to see the clip of Katy Perry at American Idol saying wig. Yeah. So two things. We have this is homework. You have homework. As a listener, you have homework. Yeah. You finish it's, listening to this yeah. episode, this, you look up Katy Perry American Idol wig, and then you look up yeah. Insecure Broken Pussy episode one or yeah. season one or whatever. And then also just watch all of Insecure. Yeah. This podcast comes with its own curriculum, so yeah. you, know, you need to adhere to it. Yeah, so we're gonna. It's I'll mandatory. Post, I'll post the syllabus on the Instagram account. Um. <laughs> oh my god, the syllabus is hilarious! <laughs> Make sure you have your things in before Monday morning. I will be I won't exactly. be grading it because it's more work for me, but I still want to make sure that you've done the work. Yeah, and don't be tardy. <laughs> yeah, points for attendance. <laughs> yeah, three tardies count as an absence, and two absences, you're failing the class. Anyway, <laughs> okay, so should we Do it. say goodbye? Yes, Aww. say the thing. I know. Okay, huh? everyone, thank you for joining us. We had a blast. I hope you enjoyed the podcast as well. My name is Estelan, and we should all be talking about it. That yeah. is not the tagline. <laughs> that is horrible. Let me do it again. It's Wait. close enough. <laughs> I completely changed the name of your podcast. You just, <laughs> it's now talking about it. <laughs> close enough. Okay, take two. <laughs> close enough. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Um, what did I say before? Okay. <laughs> I completely forgot. I'm going to keep the first um, take in because it was funny. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm never going to get invited again. Um, <laughs> um, okay, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Talk About It. That's not good either. No, wait. No. <laughs> oh, my God. I like how you're ending it off. You're like, thank you so much for coming on to my podcast. Um do you want to do a third take? Of course. As we all know, you're Esteban. Rios. Actually, I don't think I'm supposed to roll the Rios. Rios. Yeah, you are. Oh, okay. Good. Um, yeah. So, thanks everybody for joining us. We had a blast. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we should all talk about it. Yeah. Talk about it. And then lead broken into Broken Pussy. pussy. <laughs> broken Pussy. Maybe it's really bad. 
maybe well known broken pussy <laughs> all you need to know is broken pussy it's fine just just google yeah. it you guys google was that it, a good ending? watch it have your no i thought it was amazing i loved it did i even say my name i didn't you did even say, say your my name. name you said your name you said talk about it we also said your name 50 times throughout the episode so i think people okay, know who I'll you trust are you. Do you if want to not, do it again? You, know, you we'll don't record. seem satisfied. If, if you want to do not, another we'll record one, it a fourth time. That's true. If you want to do it again <laughs> for your own satisfaction. No, but it's just that it doesn't feel natural. Because you do it so many times. <laughs> I, know, I know the feeling. Oh, I know. But yeah, I'm this, trying to think. Oh my God. He took his... We're, you don't know this, listeners, but we're video chatting as we do this. And Esteban just took his glasses off right now. And I have never <laughs> seen him without his glasses. Who are you? You actually look like a different person. What? Uh, do you think that this is what happens in the Superman? Yeah, it's so true. This is it's... 100% what happens in the Superman universe whenever Clark Kent. I always was like, how could you not recognize someone just because of some glasses? But you are fully a different person. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you look beautiful and figalicious either way. So. Oh, thank you very much. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Here, I'm putting on some Like that said, you're my biggest fan. These aren't mine, but you can see me with love. Oh, look at you. Who is that? Where did Perea go? Raise my IQ by <laughs> 40 points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all it takes. <laughs> well, this was very fun. Okay, so... Thank you. Oh. No, I'm doing a fourth one. Okay, I'm do sorry. it again. Do it. The, do it. the first three were trash. Um, but it's just that I don't know how to get into it. Well, it's... Do you want me to say the, like, thank you for being on? And then yeah. you say... Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm probably going to keep the previous takes because I think it's funny. But... <laughs> Thank you so much for this listen. Oh, I also fucked up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See how it feels? It's hard. See how it feels? Uh, whose idea was it to do a podcast? This is difficult. You like Talking suddenly, is hard. Suddenly you become very aware that people are listening when you have to say something official. Right. Like when you're just chatting, it's whatever. The moment you have to like sign off or when you start, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> but... Thank you so much for listening to this podcast with my good friend, Esteban Rios. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was helpful. And talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was even worse because I blanked out it. All I could think of was just like the name of the podcast. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, we should just fade into Broken Pussy and then call it a day. The way that you did it, it looked like, you know, when Looney Tunes cartoons <laughs> end and then they go like, and it's like a circle on the character's face. You leaned into the camera and you went, talk about it. And it was very cartoony. <laughs> Basically, you guys, oh don't be afraid to talk about it. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining and putting up with us. And don't be afraid to talk about it. And yeah, fig. Fig, obviously.